Dewan's Candle. The boy's name was Dewan, and Dewan is spelled D-U-W-A-U-N, and he was lying in a bed on the fourth floor of a hospital in a room with two other boys. There were curtains between them, and the boy furthest away from the door, his father visited a lot. And the boy in the middle, his grandmother came sometime. She didn't come as much as the father because she had to take the bus from far away. But she did come. Dewan didn't have any visitors. Dewan was a foster child. He was here through Medicaid. The doctors didn't know what illness he had, though, and in this way, Dewan was lucky, although he didn't know this. He was lucky that their curiosity over his illness kept the doctors interested in him and therefore fighting the hospital on Dewan's behalf. Medicaid didn't pay much, and the hospital administration wanted to warehouse Dewan off to long-term hospice somewhere to die. But his doctors, especially one of his doctors, were very interested in unusual cases, so the doctors made the hospital keep Dewan. But Dewan was getting sicker. The doctors would come in the morning, the team of them. They would discuss Dewan and the other boys as though they were books on a shelf. The doctors would read their charts, and Dewan and the other boys would lay there. Then sometimes, the tests would begin. The doctors thought Dewan had some form of cancer, but they just didn't know what kind of cancer. They thought it had to be bone cancer the way it was acting, or maybe blood cancer. When Dewan first got to the hospital, he was told there was a playroom downstairs for the boys to get exercise during the day. The nurses said exercise was important. During his first week, Dewan and Curtis, the boy on the far end, would play ping pong. Dewan was 11 years old, Curtis was 13, and Curtis usually won at ping pong. There were board games in the playroom too. One day, there were these fancy little bags of purple velvet with designs on them. The boys didn't pay any attention to those bags because they looked like they were for girls. So the bags sat there all week until there were only two left. And finally, one day, when Dewan and Curtis were going back upstairs, one of the nurses picked up one of the bags and put it in Dewan's hand. He carried it up to his room. There, he looked inside quickly and made a face like, that's silly, then put the bag next to his bedpan and his pitcher of water. The purple bag sat there the whole second week. During this week, Dewan got a spinal tap, some blood tests, and x-rays. One day, during the second week, the boy in the middle bed began screaming. He had leukemia, and he wasn't going to get any better. The hospital administration was trying to hurry his grandmother there to say goodbye to him. The boy was calling for her, too, loudly. Finally, boy's grandmother came and she stayed the night and she prayed over all the boys and she cried. She stayed that night and they brought in a cot for her. She had a long nightgown and she gave all of them kisses goodnight. But that was the first goodnight kiss Dewan ever had. He liked it. In the morning, Edward, her grandson, was dead. Edward's parents were both in prison, and the doctor said they would notify the prison board, and the grandmother left. She didn't even look at Dewan when she left. 
Dewan understood that, though. He was still grateful for his goodnight kiss. Later that day, Curtis's father came to visit. Also, that same day, the doctors told Dewan they were going to do a bone marrow transplant just to try something. Curtis's father looked up when they said that, but Curtis's dad didn't say anything. He had his own insurance trouble, and the hospital was trying to push Curtis out, too. Curtis's dad couldn't be starting fights for another boy. That was the night Dewan thought to open the bag on his nightstand again. He was afraid, and he wanted something to help him, and he didn't have anything else but that purple bag. He opened it and took the candle out from the bag. The candle had a beautiful sticker on it. There was a word on the sticker. It was Baldwin. Dewan thought, what am I supposed to do with this? I can't light no candle in a hospital. Then he thought that he had never had a visitor. All he had was this Baldwin candle. He wanted to know what this Baldwin candle smelled like. He was probably going to die anyway. So he got up and went over to Curtis's bed. Dewan was very weak by then, and he could hardly walk, but he made it to Curtis's bed. Curtis was older and had all kinds of souvenirs he collected. Curtis's eyes were open, and Dewan showed him the Baldwin candle and asked, what am I supposed to do with this? And Curtis said, I mean, they left it downstairs. I ain't gonna tell nobody. Light it. And Dewan said, well, how am I gonna light it? You got a lighter? Curtis reached in his drawer and handed him a red pack of matches with a woman on the cover. And Curtis said, don't you tell nobody where you got them. And in that moment, Curtis looked a little scary. And his energy felt scary, too, just for a moment. Dewan took the matches and he lit the candle. Then he handed the matches back and carried the lit candle carefully back to his side of the room. He put the candle on the nightstand. He just laid there and watched the candle burn. He noticed there was a smell in the room. It smelled beautiful. It was the best thing he had ever smelled. Dewan never smelled anything like Baldwin. At the same time, it reminded him of something. He was trying to figure out what it reminded him of, and his eyes started getting heavy. He didn't want to go to sleep. He wanted to watch his new candle burn, so he shot his eyes open with a great effort. When he shot his eyes open, he saw he wasn't in the room anymore. He was in a tent. He heard music in the tent and Dewan was lying on beautiful pillows and the whole tent smelled beautifully and there were people eating quietly in one corner. Dewan was wearing this long dress. He had on beads and jewels on his fingers and wrists. He stood up to look at his long dress and all the people looked at him when he stood. Dewan could tell he was somebody important the way people looked at him. He didn't like being important. He didn't like all the attention. It made him nervous. So he walked outside of the tent. Outside, there were dozens of other tents in a field of sand and palm trees. There were caged animals and some animals not in cages, like camels and horses. 
Everywhere was the same beautiful Baldwin smell, and people spoke to him in a language he didn't recognize. Then, to his surprise, Dewan answered them in the same language, and he didn't even know what he said when he answered. The people knew, though. Finally, he went back to his tent, and outside his tent was a very old woman. She took a piece of fruit out of her bowl, and she picked up a feather with her other hand. She handed them both to Dewan, and he went inside his tent and laid down and went to sleep. He woke back up in the hospital in the morning with a nurse standing over him calling his name. She said, this candle burned all night. You could burn this hospital down. Don't you do this again, Dewan. Where did you get this? And he just shrugged and didn't say anything. Then she said, and where did you get this fruit? And Dewan saw the fruit from his dream was in the room. And the nurse asked him, where did you even get a persimmon? Dewan looked at her and shrugged in that way he'd learned to shrug when he wanted adults to give up all hope for him and go away bored. That's what the nurse did. She gave up hope and left. Then he ate his piece of fruit for breakfast. And the doctors came in and they all looked at him and Dewan thought they were going to say it was time to do the bone marrow transplant. But instead, one of them said they wanted to run one more blood test. Dewan fell asleep again, and when he was asleep, the nurses came back and drew some blood. And Dewan woke up later as doctors rushed in. He heard the sound of all their squeaky footsteps. They looked at him, and one said, You just have an infection in your foot, Dewan. Or you had an infection, and it went up into your upper respiratory tract. That doctor paused and then said, I would say it's not possible but it has happened. We're gonna start antibiotic protocols. You will be fine. And they all looked at each other, but no one had anything else to say. So the doctors left. A nurse came in and started IV antibiotics that day, and a week passed. Dewan was healthier then. One day, the nurse came in who had scolded him over the candle and the persimmon. She stood over him and she said, Dewan, where did you get that candle? And Dewan told her the truth this time, except he did not tell her about the matches from Curtis. Then the nurse said, Where'd you get that persimmon? And he looked at her and whispered, I had a dream that this lady gave me a piece of fruit in a sandy field with some tents. Then I woke up and the fruit was here. The nurse looked scared. She whispered to him, almost too quiet to hear. Dewan, describe the lady. Dewan described the lady. The nurse looked at him, and then she left. She came back 30 minutes later, and her eyes were red like she'd been crying. She walked to Dewan and said, Dewan, I had an Auntie Mildred and she used to eat persimmons and talk about Africa and hoodoo. She used to say, we used to travel the land in splendid tents. We children used to make fun of Auntie Mildred. My mother was embarrassed of her because she wasn't Christian. She disappeared one day. I don't know what became of her. 
Then the nurse wiped her tears away with a Kleenex, and she smiled at Dewan like he was a friend of hers. And she said, Dewan, the doctors don't know how you got better. You were dying. You got better. You were dying, and now you're gonna be okay. Dying, and now the dream and the persimmon cured you. Dream and the persimmon. You taught me a lesson about Auntie Mildred. You taught me a lesson about Auntie Mildred. Dewan didn't say anything, but he wanted to say something, so he just said. I appreciate you saying so. It is kind of you. He heard that on TV once. The nurse smiled wide and said, When you leave here, would you like it if I was your foster mother? To come live with me, I mean? And Dewan nodded. Barely. He barely nodded because he didn't want to have hope. He didn't even want her to see him nod because if she saw it, he thought she may well laugh and then say, <laughs> I bet you would, filthy boy. If that happened, Dewan thought he would die. But she did see him nod, and she smiled at the nod and patted his hand gently. Then she left the room, walking slowly and with great purpose. And one week later, Dewan left the hospital with his new foster mother, Nurse Terry. And Dewan had one paper bag of two pairs of underwear, two pairs of old jeans, and one t-shirt, and one sweater. Those were all of his belongings in the world. But he had a James Baldwin candle and a feather too. The feather? Well, that's for another story. And that's all Dewan had in the world. Those items and a foster mother named Terry, who was a nurse at the hospital. Dewan had a mother now. And both Dewan and his mother had an eternal soul friend they called Mildred. They both had an Egan named Mildred. And they talked to her often. Mildred had healed Dewan and brought them together. That's how it works, you see. Now, go to sleep. Dewan's Candle Narrated by John Jones. Written by Nick Gilly. Score by Ron Blake. Original music by John Hadfield. Produced by Avila Santo. A Black University production. I can't